You're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving, creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with my work and creative pep talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into the episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Okay, so this is just a quick heads up to let you know that we were doing, uh, uh, <laughs> we were deep into a series about going deep, deep diving into your creative career, and we didn't even know it. That's how deep in it I was. Uh, the, <laughs> the past couple episodes, episode 144, episode 146, and this episode are all part, part of a series about diving deep. Episode 144 was about diving deep into your own raw potential and to who you really are and that you are more. 146, about getting super psyched about your work by diving deep into the meaning and power of creativity. And this episode is about diving deep into the connection with your audience. And uh, I just realized that we were on this tangent and that it makes sense to kind of Uh, brand this as a series because it very much is part of one and we're going to keep exploring this for a few more episodes and uh, I'm feeling deeply passionate about this deep dish of pep that's being served and uh, and yeah let's do it let's go let's get deep 
Okay, so the title of this episode is Don't Chase the Likes dot dot dot. And if you've followed this podcast for any length of time, I hope you know that I'm going to come at you with something more strategic than just don't chase the likes, don't listen to feedback, don't listen to the haters, just keep going, just keep swimming, man, and do your own thing and do what you love and forget what everybody else is telling you to do. You know that I have a more strategic pragmatic approach to creative careers than that. So I hope that you're expecting more from this episode because I'm not saying that likes are inherently wrong or they're a completely irrelevant metric. In this episode, I just want to help you shift your perspective into a slightly healthier place and a slightly more strategic place that goes away from the the shallow and somewhat meaningless metric of likes on your social posts. I think that metrics are good. I think feedback is good. I think getting... Um, allowing those things to help you know how to navigate your career can be helpful when it has its own place. But I think chasing likes and chasing followers is actually uh, hurting more than helping and that there are actually some better metrics and a better approach to how to engage and build your audience. And that's what this episode is about. This episode is about going deeper instead of trying to appeal wider. I think so many creative people get on this uh, fruitless chase to go as wide as possible with their creativity and make as many impressions and as many followers and this focus on quantity of connection rather than quality of connection. And I think it ends up seeming like a shortcut, but actually being a completely ridiculous long cut because you can't get where you want to go chasing wide. And the counterintuitive thing says, uh, the counterintuitive truth is that if you focus on going deep, eventually it will turn into width as well. And I'm going to explain further what I mean uh, later in the episode by that. But first, I just want to talk about what I think is really going on in terms of likes and why they're not the central metric in which you should steer your creative ship. Um <laughs> Here's why. So for me, I don't know if you're like me, but for me, when somebody likes a post that I made on Instagram, uh, especially if it's someone that I like respect or look up to, there's uh, on this unconscious level, it feels like they're saying to me, Andy, the thing you made goes beyond words and the only way I can express the feelings that I have for this post that you posted is by clicking this heart emoji. <laughs> I feel like they're like, they looked at it for a long time. They're like, yes, Andy, I want to affirm you on your path. Boom, heart, heart emoji or, you know, the like button on Instagram. But what's really going on, you know, when I'm 
going through the endless posts on Instagram, scrolling on, uh, and I go about liking someone's post, what it really means from from my perspective is, yeah, I guess I like that enough to move my finger a quarter of an inch and press that heart button. Whoop, missed the heart button. Well, I don't like it enough to but to exert the energy to move my finger a quarter of an inch twice. I'm not liking this thing again. Scroll, scroll, scroll. And I think that honestly, that's what the like button measures. That level of passion for your work. And the truth is you need more passion, a deeper connection from your audience to build a creative career than the willingness to move a finger a quarter of an inch. (laughs) And we all know that there are these YouTube stars with millions of views, hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube, and and these Instagram stars with hundreds of thousands of followers and thousands and thousands of likes that can't actually thrive. They can't actually build a creative career around their craft. And yet, on the flip side, we know there are lots of creative people killing it, raking in the cash, kicking butt that have less than 5,000 followers on Instagram. And so that tells us that that metric is inherently flawed. And I want to suggest a a kind of silly strategic perspective shift that isn't really completely accurate, but I think it'll get us more on the right track. And so the full episode title is Don't Chase the Likes, dot, dot, dot. Chase the Comments. And uh, (laughs) it's not that I think comments are some indication of deep passion and that you should build your entire career around the posts that have the most comments. It's not that exactly. But I think this perspective shift can be helpful because a lot of the times the posts that get the most comments are not the ones that get the most likes, but they are more indicative of the deeper connections with your real audience. And I want you to encourage you to take more stock in deep connections than you do wide impressions. And so what we're looking for and what we're describing is what marketing uh, expert Seth Godin calls being remarkable. He says that marketing starts in the making of your product and the most important thing is to make a product that's remarkable, a product that's worth remarking upon. And when somebody is willing to to go the extra mile, not just move their finger a quarter of an inch, but move a few thumbs, a few inches and actually comment on what you're doing, that's a better indicator that you're on to something. And even more so, if they felt something so strong, if they had an experience of value that that they're so passionate about that they in turn become an evangelist about your work and tag someone else in your post. Those are the kinds of things that are better indicators that we're onto something than the amount of likes that we get on a post. And so today, I want to encourage you to quit thinking about 
the width of your audience and think about the depth of your audience. I want you to throw away the dollar store snorkel, you know, the shallow waters of following trends and creativity, hoping that some genius artist, while they were inventing a new trend, somehow dropped <laughs> a, a watch or a few coins in the shallow end of the ocean and you go buy your dollar store creative uh, snorkel and you're just you're just trying to pick up the loose change of the artists that came before you because the truth is if you're always chasing after thunder you're never going to catch lightning because thunder comes seconds and seconds and seconds after lightning and what you're looking for is the kind of deep electricity where elect where where lightning will strike for you and so this episode is your CPT scuba certification I'm not talking about dollar store snorkels. I'm saying, let's go on a deep dive. Let's get the full scuba suit. Let's invest and commit deeply with our audience so that we can not just find a few random pennies up in the shallow ends or a random watch, but we can find some real deep sunken treasure. Let's do it. So what do I mean by deeper connections are better than more connections? Uh, what, do I, what do I actually mean? What am I talking about when I say that? Uh, I think one of the best illustrations of this uh, principle comes from a story uh, from the founder CEO of Chick-fil-A. And regardless of how you feel about Chick-fil-A, uh, it is a picture of an explosive, thriving business that has continued to grow from a very small place. And I heard this story from the founder of Chick-fil-A a number of years ago, and he said that not personally, wasn't in like a personal conversation with this guy. I don't know this guy. I heard it on a podcast or something um, or a talk that he did. Anyway, he told the story about back in the 90s, there was this chicken fast food <laughs> competition between Chick-fil-A and Boston Market. And uh, Boston Market was growing rapidly. And they were just opening tons and tons of stores in all different states. And they were putting all this crazy pressure on Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A was doing fine, but they were not growing at that incredible speed. And there was this moment where uh, there was this meeting where the people at Chick-fil-A were talking about how they were going to go and try to match this explosive wildfire growth that Boston Market was achieving. And the CEO said he was just sat there feeling sick to his stomach and hated all the stuff that these people were talking about. And at the end of the meeting, he stood up and he said, we're not doing it. We are not going to focus on being bigger. 
We're going to focus on being better. And we're going to be so much better. And we're going to be so good that our customers are going to be so obsessed with what we do that they demand that we get bigger. And when they do, we will grow. And that's how we're going to win this race. And spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened. That explosive numbers growth that Boston Market did ended up being its downfall. And slowly but surely, Chick-fil-A has grown bigger and bigger and bigger and crushed Boston Market. I remember, going, I remember, you know, in the 90s, I feel like that was like the height of fast food and there wasn't, you know, Super Size Me hadn't come and showed us that eating hamburgers and fries every day might not be good for us. And so we, none of us knew. And uh, I was a kid in the 90s. And when we would go to Boston Market, I remember thinking, now we're eating some home-cooked meals. And uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. Clearly not true. I don't even want to know how they were making so many rotisserie chickens um, like that. Anyway, the point of the matter is that in the short term, it's easy to get hung up on explosive growth. But if you'll focus on those deep authentic connections with your audience and stewarding those and, and, and purposefully, strategically growing those, the growth and the width will take care of itself. And here's what I think that looks like practically in your creativity. Uh, I think it's about not just doing what you love, but finding the things that they love that you do. And that it's a tension between these two things and, and focusing on either too much will be a downfall. If you focus, if you're too obsessed with what they seem to like, so to speak, then and get too far away from what's authentic and what you actually like, then you're going to go into the shallow waters. Uh, and if you focus too much on what you enjoy doing and not enough on what what the world actually needs, you're going to go into uh, a, a lack of growth. And I think that the power is the overlap between your truths, your art, and the art that other people need. And diving deep into your own truths, I've talked a lot about that on the podcast, like there's a lot of episodes. If you just listen back to the back catalog, you're going to hear all kinds of talk about the power of diving deeper in your own creative work. And for me, what that looks like is noticing, being observant of my everyday life and noticing what things light me up authentically. What are the things that I'm passionate about, not because they get good reviews and they're critically acclaimed and socially acceptable, but what are the things that happen in my everyday life? What are the, what's the art? What's the uh, experiences that literally make me light up and following that stuff, putting that stuff into my work, but not just that. This episode is about noticing which of those truths, which of the authentic work that I'm doing seems to be landing authentically with my audience, seems to be landing in a deep 
resonant way with the people that I'm trying to reach. And I think that looks like going back through your posts, going back through your work, looking back through your history and noticing what were the times where I felt squarely at the center of my truths of something that really lights me up. It looks like, you know, me going back through the podcast episodes and not just saying which ones have the most listens because which ones have the most listens. Again, that might just be, I wrote a good title for that episode. So a lot of people chimed in, but no one actually felt any deep feelings about it. But going back through the episodes and thinking, which of these episodes did I record? And it was just exploding from my heart and it was 100% honest. And I was just like, man, this thing is lighting me up. Those episodes are my favorite episodes to record. But my best episodes are the ones where I do that and it's met with that same passion and resonance for my audience. What are the episodes that have the most common comments underneath, what I have the, uh, the most responses, the most emails that they sent me that said, that episode rocked my world. It's that Venn diagram that is the marker of success and it's the true north for your creative work. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about going deeper. So here's a little activity that you can do that will actually put this information into practical application because I'm not just talking about some fuzzy concept. This is stuff that I actually do. I've done it a bunch with my own illustration. I've done it a bunch with this podcast and it's been super helpful for giving me clarity in my direction and uh, that's what we're looking for because when you have that clarity of purpose, that's when you can really make progress because you got your upping, your belief that the work is going to pay off and the more that you do that, the more likely you're going to put in the work, more work you put in, the more you invest, the more you make progress and that's what we're looking for and so this practical approach I think will really help you if you approach it systematically and you really do it um, deeply and so here it is. Uh, I want to talk to you about how to uh, do a good deep dive. Now, we're only going to talk about the first part of the process of the deep dive in this episode, and then and, and that's enough because you still got to like make work and do some other stuff before you do the actual deep dive. We'll talk about that uh, deep dive on the next episode of the podcast. But for now, we're going to talk about how to estimate the coordinates and test the waters. Uh, so we're going to estimate the coordinates in this ocean of creativity and the possibilities of what we could make. We're going to try to find the latitude and longitude, the latitude of the stuff that we love to do and the longitude of what of the stuff that people love that we do and try to find the right coordinates and do some testing of those creative waters. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is the, this is the process for that. Here's what I want you to do. I want to go on, go onto your social platform, whichever one is most relevant to the work that you make. If you're an illustrator, it might be, um, it might be Instagram. If you're a comics artist, maybe it's Tumblr. I don't know if you're a musician, maybe it's SoundCloud, but <clears throat> hopefully you're putting work out there and you're getting some level of feedback online because it's a great tool for feedback and, and metrics and, and, and guiding you if you have the right perspective. And so take whichever social platform you've got. And then I want you to look at not the likes, but the comments. 
when people actually felt the need to say something about the thing that you made. And I want you to create a list of the top 10 posts that you have, the top 10 uh, pieces of work or posts that you did that have the most comments and I want you to screenshot each of them and I want you to put them in a folder so you can look at them all in the same place and then I want you to take one more uh, one more shot at, at dwindling these down and out of the top 10 with the most comments I want you to delete the, the five that are the least authentic from you, the ones that don't feel like they're really coming from your soul, the ones that you're least passionate about. And I want you to leave the top five that you are super passionate about. That is the perfect overlap between the ones that you're passionate about and that come from your truths and it's actually what people want from you. Now you've got those top five posts and this is what I want you to do. I want you to look through them and I want you to notice any patterns that you see. What do you see in these things that repeats? And it can be aesthetically, it can be conceptually, it can be anything. What do these five posts have in common? And I want you to write them out. These are core values. These are latitude and longitude. These are the coordinates of the testing that we're gonna do. That we're gonna make some new stuff in the same vein of this stuff that tests the waters. And, and but after we do that, we're gonna do a deep dive. But for now, here's what I want you to do. You're looking at these posts, you're writing out the core values that these things have in common, whatever they might be, and that is gonna be your coordinates for the water testing. And for me, it looks like, you know, when I did this, when I've done this on Instagram, I noticed that the biggest response and the ones that came from my heart were the ones that had uh, lettering and illustration at the same time uh, because I think that just really works for me. Uh, it was stuff that was centered around hope and it's where I told an authentic personal story in the caption. And those, all of those, all of that stuff. And then also it was a photo of an illustration. So it was an actual analog illustration I did that I took a photo of. And though, and so whatever arbitrary things they are or seemingly are, don't outrule them because you don't know why people are responding to them. Just make a list of everything that these things have in common. And the next thing I want you to do is over the next couple of weeks, I want you to make pieces of work that have these core values and test the waters. And I want you to hashtag those tests. Hashtag CPT testing waters. And, uh, <laughs> and I want you to see how people respond to this and see if you can make deeper connections, if you can actually manifest deeper connections because a creative career isn't about moments of random great creativity. It's about being able to consistently show up and make deep connections happen and master your craft of doing that. That's how you build a lifelong thriving career. And that's what we're trying to do with this testing of the waters. I spent the first couple of years of high school desperately trying to do whatever it took to be super popular. I was desperate to be super popular 
and uh, I was only moderately uh, successful. I couldn't quite make it happen. And uh, it just made me completely miserable and I would do anything for it. I sold my soul to be popular. I was partying, being crazy, not taking, not doing everything right uh, in terms of trying to be popular. I wasn't taking school seriously, you know, trying to uh, date the coolest girls, like whatever it, I could to uh, up my social stature. And there was this one girl who just saw right through me. She had the intuition. She just could see how hard I was was trying and how uncool it was and she really didn't like me and she often said kind of searing uh, either passive aggressive or straight up aggressive things to me that hurt my feelings I'm a sensitive person and um, at some point I finally gave up on this stupid endeavor to get everyone to like me and uh and I started looking for real connections with people all over the social gambit and stratosphere from all walks of life. Just anybody that I had a real connection for, that people that I thought were awesome, regardless of what everybody in the school thought um, or what the popular people thought. And um, I quit partying and I started taking creativity seriously and, and started to have an idea of what I wanted to do with my future. <clears throat> and shortly after that, I heard through the grapevine that this girl was talking smack about me and saying that she, she gave it a couple weeks before I was back at the same parties, doing the same crap, doing the same junk, and uh, right back where I was. And, uh, you know, I went, I instantly went from hurt to angry to fired up. And I thought, you know what, you don't know how deep of a connection I have with my new friends and my new passions and my new path, and I'm going to prove you wrong, Missy. Her name wasn't Missy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say her name, but it hurt me, and, it, and, I, and, and, I, and I hated it. I hated even knowing one of the cool cats thought I was such a loser uh, and had no faith in me. And... Uh, you know, it's so funny, you graduate high school and the minute you walk off of the stage, you realize how stupid all of that stuff is and how ridiculous it is to try to get everyone to like you and how it doesn't actually mean anything. And it's funny that so many of us, so especially creative people, when we're doing our work online and all that, fall into the same meaningless traps. And it's actually those people that I had the deep connections with that went on to be game changers, not only in my personal life, but in my creative life. I talked to several of those people that I made friendships with. When I started making those deep friends in high school, I talked to several of those people this week. There's still a big impact on me. And the people that I was desperate for the affirmation from, the cool cats, I've almost not heard from one of them from the minute that I graduated. Uh, except for this one time. And uh, a few years ago, about 10 years after I graduated, I got a message from that girl that had said that searing comment. And she said that sh she thought it was funny that sh her boss had gone to a conference and heard me speak and was so moved that he made his email signature, a quote of mine. 
and that she'd seen it in an email that was sent to her. And uh, <laughs> I'm not one for sweet revenge, but my goodness, that was so sweet to feel that justification. And I was like, in your face. Uh, not really. I don't have that kind of emotion in my body for real, but it was such a sweet moment. And it was just this picture of this idea, the principle of the power of going deep in your authentic self and with the people that you authentically relate to. And that when you go deep, the width will take care of itself. And it's so funny because I think we all know that we'd rather earn a hundred grand a year making our creative work than having a hundred thousand followers. And we also know that those two things don't always go hand in hand. And it's funny because when you're on your real path and things really start working and you get those fans that'll fuel your salary and it's really working and you have those deep connections, not only does the width take care of itself, but at some point you realize the width doesn't matter at all. What matters is the deep connections. And I don't care that that person is now on my Facebook liking my posts and following my work. It doesn't mean that much to me. It's nice, but that affirmation isn't what I'm looking for. The thing that matters to me are the listeners to the podcast and the people that buy my work and the people that hire me to do jobs that have a genuine passion for the thing that I do. And you don't actually need that many of them. Going back to that Kevin Kelly uh, principle of a thousand true fans, you just need a thousand people. If you get a thousand people that are wild about your work, that'll give you a hundred bucks every year, you've got a good salary. And in fact, if you're not a business to customer business, if you're actually selling to other businesses, you only need like 30 people to think that your artwork is fantastic to throw you a few projects every year and you're set. And so today, I want to encourage you to quit thinking about width. Quit giving so much weight to such light, meaningless metrics as number of followers and number of likes. I'm not saying they're completely irrelevant. I just don't think they're the most relevant metrics. And start digging deep, diving deep, with your audience and making real legitimate connections that will pay off in the long run. Alrighty, we did it. It's another episode in the bag. I hope that you had some some good times listening to this episode, some maybe even a perspective change or two. And hey, hopefully your heart was even touched on some weird level. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for your love and support. Uh, thank you for being a part of the creative pep talk mission. I genuinely feel like this has become some kind of social enterprise where, uh, you know, I'm trying to help creative people off, sometimes from the margins of society, sometimes not, but uh, either way, 
try to recognize their own potential, develop it, and shine in their highest potential in this world. And you're helping me make that happen, and I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you, guys. You are so lovely. Um, Big old-fashioned shout-out. I don't know if they used to do shout-outs back in the old-fashioned days. (laughs) Maybe there is no old-fashioned shout-out, but... A big old-fashioned shout-out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh for all the other tunes. They make this podcast sound beautiful. Um, his band, Metavari, you can hear that band on, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Thanks to Alex Sugg for editing the podcast and making it sound squeaky, clean, and nice. And uh, thanks to you guys. Hey, I hope this gave you some real pep right up your step and uh, just energize you to go and to put another week onto the track of your creative journey and really make some progress. And until next time, stay pepped up.